You're listening to a Big Finish production. Don't mind if I do? This is the Big Finish podcast, official release date 25th of February 2018. Howdy doody dandy, I'm Benji Clifford and the time war is upon us. Here's Nick Briggs. Was that the time war? I don't know. And we've got an interview with Dr. Watson coming up in this very podcast. Yes, he's fictional, but we've really interviewed him. It's all far too exciting. What a weird world we live in where we're interviewing fictional characters. And next week... Did you hear... Did you hear that I uh, messed up the Q, Nick and Benji then? I it was went, nice. I, th- I, thought, I thought you were sort of... Q, Nick and Benji. Sort yes. Of, I nudged the microphone and it worried me. Anyway, so Q what are you saying Benji. about our fictional world? I was saying, you know, this week, Dr. Whitson, Dr. Watson. <laughs> famous holiday character. <laughs> and next week, Stiltskin. You know, who have we got? Who? Everybody. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Anyway, so almost exciting uh, as the fact that we at Big Finish are the proud purveyors of the finest audiobooks and audio drama ever to be fired out of the gravitational influence of a supernova, if that makes any sense to you there. Yeah, I'm not sure it does. So any um, uh, physicist who would like to take issue with that, please do. Uh, whichever, whichever way you look at it, he said without using his own teeth. We make Doctor <laughs> Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, The Avengers, Terror Hawks, The Prisoner Survivors, and we'll soon be bringing you Star Cops and Callan. Yes, we're the home of all those favourite TV shows. I hope I'm not going to do all the theme tunes as we go through. Uh, all That's the an extra 45 minutes on there. <laughs> Jason Hay-Gallery, our uh, esteemed leader, uh, said to me last night, I mean, is there any chance you can make the podcast a bit shorter? I said, not, not really, mate. No. He went, okay. Okay, fine, fine. Yes, anyway, uh, we, we do all those, you know, favourite TV shows that make you feel all warm inside. Yeah, I'm feeling quite warm inside now, just talking to you. Uh, plus, we do all sorts of other stuff, including Shakespeare, H.T. Wells, The Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, Frankenstein, as well as our upcoming new drama releases, Big Finish Originals, seven brand new drama series coming your way over the next couple of years. One of the producers recently spoke to me on... Um, email nigel fairs who's doing um shilling and sixpence investigate with david warner and celia imry in it um he said he'd be sending it to me on cassette oh <laughs> i hope he does i really hope he does i knew that would float your boat mr absolutely Retro. but then but then you get the cassette and then you'll you'll sort of stop and say oh i don't have a player <laughs> and then and then it gives you a sort of 50 quid bill <laughs> And then you get it, and it's just some recording of just abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you to buy a cassette player. How'd you feel now? <laughs> the only cassette player I've got that I could lay my hands on is a mono one that has a very speed control on it. Oh, I love it. Love a yeah, very speed. I used to have so much fun with that. <laughs> I use very speed whenever I'm audio editing or, or listening through to, like, if I've got to, like, proof listen to something, I'll often use a bit of very speed. Mm-hmm. If, if I know I'm at a safe place, I think, yep. Notching up 25%. Oh, crazy. I knew a person who uh, watched films like that. Oh, no, I know a lot of people uh, do that. They watch them just at a quicker speed and, and you can get through like three or four films in a day or something. Do you know, that really offends me. <laughs> oh, it's, well, it's ridiculous. I just think it's the stupidest thing ever. Well, I haven't got time to watch a film, then don't watch it. 
well, you know, just, watch it in the time it was intended to be related to you. It's like uh, I remember there was this girl at, uh, when I was at college, and she used to just she used to do all her work, and she used to have a drum loops uh, like at, like a DJing app in the background that she used to just listen to loops. Or, uh, sort of, I just remember thinking, why are you doing it? Yeah. But it would just carry on for ages. And I just remember thinking, if you're not going to listen to music, then why why listen to that? Just don't listen. It offended, you know, like, it's stupid things like that that I just don't understand it. But each to their own, I'm saying. Yeah, well, with you my know. my reasonable voice. You know, perhaps uh, I suspect there are people out there who listen to Big Finish audios a little bit faster than originally intended. Perhaps that's the you're answer. You're listening to a Big Finish production. <laughs> Oh, I like it. Uh, so yes, uh, my reference to the Time War earlier was oh, yes. me actually sounding the warning siren for Gallifrey Time War, which is now four hour long episode. Which is yeah, which is now. <laughs> which is now what? I don't know. No, it's because I, I wrote I've that got, really badly. Got, which is now? <laughs> so, which now is out. Na- it's now I out. out yeah, the it's now out. out. It's yeah. here. But I was thinking when I saw that about the uh, the warning siren. Uh, I was just trying to think in my head, shall I do the warning siren noise? The Gallifrey, you know the one that's... Yeah, oh, great, great. Yeah, so they're basically four-hour-long episodes, not to be confused with four-hour-long episodes, so that would go on. That's <laughs> four four-hour-long episodes. <laughs> and they will be featuring characters from the Doctor Who universe in exploits on the Doctor's home planet, Gallifrey. And mm. we're teasing you with the first 15 minutes of this production at the end of this podcast, and that's for free! Yeah, that's right, so free. you can get a nice little fa- flavour there, have a little dip, see if you like it, and, uh, yeah, enjoy an audio dip. Perhaps oh, we should call rather. them audio dips. Well, you can get an audio bath, can't you? Can you? I've got a friend who does audio baths. Yeah, he's uh, he's he has singing bowls and didgeridoos, and you'll lie down, and he'll um, kind of move around the room and move, do things in different areas. And apparently, it's uh, it really does make you feel. Well, does he come into your home? Well, yeah. You, well, you, you pay for him, obviously. And he's, Sounds, this is sounding creepy. He's a cool well, guy. You did, the, you did the kind of moving around the room thing with your hands then that was sound, that just looked to me a bit like, I don't know, if I'm having a bath and I suddenly discover someone moving around the room like that with their hands, <laughs> I'm calling the police. But it's not an actual bath, Nick. He's not, he's not. What? You said it was a bath. Well, it's like an audio. It's, it's, it's a metaphorical bath, isn't it? It's like oh, you, you lay down. So don't you la- metaphor me. You, you, <laughs> So you lay down on like a table and then he moves around you. Oh, in it's the a room. table now. Is it a real table or is it a metaphorical table? It's a metaphorical table. He's oh, floating around. Is there nothing real in this conversation? <laughs> nothing. Anymore? No, but but, <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He's really cool though. And he does it like um we used to do it when we worked at we I met him when we worked at a baby hospital where we we'd look after babies and Is that like a it? very small hospital? <laughs> it's a t- <laughs> yes, a little hospital. It's just a baby hospital. <laughs> and we um he used to Use the didgeridoo, and, and when the babies were were trying to get to sleep, he'd move around, and and the sensation of vibrations moving around you would send you to sleep, and would send yeah. to a higher state of. There you go. I've sent Nick to sleep now. Oh, sorry about that. Um, naturally, all your other favourite podcast features will be here too. Um, I do notice that we're making this extra long after Jason asked me to make it shorter last night. It's actually <laughs> even longer. Uh, coming up in a moment, the Big Finish news, followed by listeners' emails. And later, after our guest star interview with actor Richard Earle, our very own Dr. Watson from Sherlock Holmes, 
the Randomoid Selectatron will, as usual, select another release from the Big Finish archives. And then I'll be rounding up the latest releases out there for you to listen to. So let's not hang about. We've done enough of that already. How about some news, <laughs> Nick? How about it indeed, Benji? Time now for some random trumpet news. Mouth trumpet, to be precise. I love the mouth trumpet. Yes, so one of our composers has actually gone bonkers. We are, of course, referring to none other than Jamie Robertson. Not to be confused with... That could be him now. There's Nick's phone there, I hear. Uh, it could... It's David Richardson. There we go. Perfect opportunity. Get your questions in. <laughs> Hello, David. I'm in the middle of recording a, a podcast. <laughs> oh, okay then can i phone you back uh about half past 11 i reckon okay bye obviously he wanted to have a top secret conversation with me just not for the internet's ears, unfortunately, so... <laughs> All a bit previous. Perhaps yeah. he was phoning up to actually say, no, no mouth trumpets, not today, no, no, you're ruining the brand, you're ruining it. But yes... What? Yes, where were we? Well, that that we, we were actually talking about Jamie Robertson, oh, uh, not David Richardson, who... Right. David Richardson is amazing, a lovely human being, but in this case, we are talking about Jamie Robertson, the composer of music for so many of our productions. He's done Doctor Who, Jago and Lightfoot, Sherlock Holmes, The Prisoner. He's done And The Prisoner is precisely the one we're talking about here for our two series of audio drama reinvention of that classic ITV series from the 1960s. Uh, Jamie did some amazing music, uh, which is all available digitally as a download, if I could say that. He managed to uh, really capture the feel of the original show while bringing something new to it as well. Superb. I loved it. Uh, but here's an example of that, actually. So all well and good, but then Jamie went mad the other night and decided to do a version of his catchy prisoner theme on the mouth trumpet. And here it is.
And that was accompanied by an email which read as follows. Uh, and it was on one Sunday night in the middle of February, Jamie sent you a random audio clip of him blowing his own trumpet to the prisoner theme. Jamie, we love you. Legend, legend, absolute champion. Uh, and anyway then, on with the news. Um, that's right. So as we mentioned earlier, the release of the much-anticipated Gallifrey Time War is now released. And we're giving it a 15-minute drama tease at the end of this podcast. For those of you who'd like to have a little listen and a little taster, here's a trailer. By nightfall, the Time Lords will be at war with the Daleks, formally. And we'll need every resource we can muster. Or else, what are we doing here? Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Gallifrey Time War Series 1. With the enemy at our gates, the people of Gallifrey need to know we're defended. The security of our world depends on there being some secrets. Negotiations are delicate. We have people with lifetimes of experience who can deal with this. Irving Braxiatel is not to be trusted. Irving? I've fought Daleks before. Well, haven't we all? You're excited by all this. Well, out with it. Don't keep me in suspense. We all know why I'm here. We need you to recover something for us. Or, more precisely, someone. What do you want from me? We were sent here by the Time Lords The Time Lords? Yes. But as I told you, they The wanted... Time Lords killed my family! Open your eyes! The Time War will lead Gallifrey to destruction as surely as night follows day. The Matrix has been warning us for decades. Romana, this is the end of our fight. The Doctor has abandoned us and perhaps, much as it pains me to admit it, he knows best. Big finish. We love stories. We shall be victorious, my children. Your Emperor swears it. Doctor Who's short trips, due out any second now, is Mel Elvebla. <laughs> Melly the Mel- Elephant. Melly the Mel Evident. Get it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's written by Simon A. Forward, uh, not to be confused with Bertram A. Behind, and is read by the incomparable Bonnie Langford, who played Melanie Bush, Mel, companion to the Sixth and Seventh Doctors. Here's a little tease. Doctor Who, short trips, Mel Evelant. Once upon a space and time, the Doctor and his young companion travelled the ever after. Not always happily. He wasn't a medical doctor, but he had a practice of trying my patience. That day, he'd deliberately given me the slip, anything to avoid his ration of carrot juice. But I tracked him to the TARDIS theatre. It was the first I knew we had a theatre. He paraded the breadth of the stage like a man born to tread the boards. Great thundering footsteps, shaking the scenery and stirring galaxies of dust down among the footlights. And a stentorian voice, perfect for intimidating beanstalk-climbing burglars who had the audacity to poach golden eggs. She seeks him here, she seeks him there, that blessed Melanie seeks him everywhere. What a piece of work is Mel! Instead of applause, 
All he got from me was a tut and an eye roll. I idled away the barddom by sifting through the nearby outfits. I brushed aside a voluminous gown of pearls and peacock feathers and jumped out of my skin. A woman stared at me. Pale vampire skin, tumbling copper curls, startled expression. Me. I stared at me. Big finish. We love stories. Melanie Bush, of course, if you're ever driving, you stop at Pea's Pottage. Always a little... Every yeah, yeah. time, every That's time. That's where she's from, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, every yes. time. Uh, and finally then, on to our big Finnish originals range. Seven great drama series coming up for you between this April and next August. All of them created by the very best talent at Big Finish. Coming up this July is a lovely fantasy series by Nigel Planer, who you may know as Neil from The Young Ones, and of course he's a big star of stage and screen and a writer of some note. I'm going to um, the press night of a new play he's written, actually, The Game of Love and Chai at the Tara Art Centre yeah, in Earlsfield in London. Don't miss it. Anyway, um, Jeremiah Born in Time is all about, well, here's what it's all about. Coming soon, a Big Finish original drama. Jeremiah Born in Time. I'm Barnaby Edwards, and I'm the director of Jeremiah Born in Time. Hello, I'm Nigel Planer, and I'm playing Dr. Henry Davenant Hive, and I'm also the writer of the series. There's nothing intrepid about time travelling. My name's Sebastian Armesto, and I play Jeremiah Bourne. This is Jeremiah. He appeared today out of thin air. Did he, by God? I, I think the great thing about... about uh, Doing Jeremiah Born in Time is is that you know I've, I've you, you're normally given a franchise that's already pre-existing, uh, and you have to follow certain rules, and that 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 universe has a certain uh, 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 sort of set of uh, of uh, things that you have to obey in order to in order to make sense of that, and fans of that universe will know that you can do this in that universe, and you can't do this. Um, but this is basically starting. From, from scratch. I seem to have flipped backwards in time, but I haven't the faintest idea how I did it. It's a really original way of doing a time travel story because uh, there's no time machine. And so I think that is um, or time device or anything like that. So I think that that sort of um, uh, censurary method of time travel is rather uh, lovely and... Um, uh, obviously c quite close to how we can uh, travel back to our own memory sort of sensorily. Time traveller, eh? I first had the idea to um, to do Jeremiah Bourne uh, shortly after I, I worked um, on the Doctor Who live show. I, I enjoyed that so much. There was a live show. I played Vorgensen um, and, in fact, Nick Briggs of Big Finish played Winston Churchill and other parts in that live show of Doctor Who and we had a real ball and I came away from that thinking I should have my own time travelling character it would be fun to write so I set about writing Jeremiah Bourne as a book which I did three drafts of and then a year or two later I was working for Big Finish as I sometimes do 
doing voices for the Doctor Who series, or I think this was an H.G. Wells series with David Richardson, the producer, and I mentioned Jeremiah Bourne to him exactly a year ago now, and they said they'd have a look. So I'd written a, like a 20-page summary of it, and um, he, he said, yes, let's have, we'll have four hours of that. Where are we? Same place, different time. You have come here from the future to save me. Jeremiah Bourne there, sounding like an absolute cracker. I'm really looking forward to listening to it, actually. Well, mm. li- looking forward to listening to all of them, to be fair. So I, I can't really, you know, can't really choose just one. Uh, so yes, that is the end of the news. Uh, so it goes, so it went, there it was. No, it's not. There it is. It might be. There it's gone. I'm shoving it in a box and throwing it down the lane where we will never see it again until next week. Don't miss it. Time now for listeners' emails. That's right, and it's been said many times that I love an email. And it's true to say that the person who said that most... Oh, it's me, yeah. <laughs> and it's true, I do love an email. What's not to love? And well, if you want to ask that question, or indeed any other question, or indeed make a comment, or just surprise us with a poisonous monkey... Please don't do that. Get off! Get off! There's monkeys. Anyway, so please do feel free to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. So first up then, here's a geeky one from Rowan Messingham. Hi, Nick and Benji. I have to congratulate you as a company for producing the most high-fidelity audio drama on the market. Aside from the superlative music and sound design, the clarity of dialogue is second to none. From looking at photos taken at the Moat Studios, you seem to favour recording with the Rode NT1000 microphones. I have listened to many a play recorded on microphones several times the price, yet they never sound as good as your productions. I feel like I'm treading on sacred ground here, but I have to ask, or he says here I must ask, uh, what is your secret for such impressive vocal clarity? Is it down to a combination of both unique booth setup and a good dynamic processor, uh, or good dynamic processing rather, or has Catweasel been working his magic? Oh yes, yes. I have, yes. So- sorry for asking a geeky question, he says here. Salme, Dalme. Adelaide, Rowan. Well, it's interesting. What do you think? I mean, I think it's not always just about the microphone. Not at all. Not it's at all. It's about the preamp, isn't it, on the microphone? Uh, Absolutely. Preamp is a huge, huge uh, thing. In fact, I, I can personally say the difference a good preamp has made to me is that I, I went through a stage of getting a lot of audio sound cards, which are like audio interfaces, which for all of you don't know, it's a way you what you plug your microphone in and it transfers the sound from the microphone through a little box then into your computer mm-hmm. and i've had many different preamps and and it was only last year that i i went nuclear and said right i'm going to get a big a big sound interface card with like 12 inputs which is i'm never going to use but i like the idea of having them but the preamp in it is really good and you get such zero you get sort of zero uh noise you know because there's a lot of sometimes you can get like humming white static noise in the background yeah, yeah. but with a good preamp it really limits that down and gets the best out of uh the voice as well and and, and the audio going in 
Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's good mixing of the uh, productions by our great sound designers and composers when they when they master it and they mix it out and then master it. You know, to make sure that the dialogue is very prominent. Um, I think it's the setup as well, the the space in which it's recorded in, and as well the actors using the microphones and and their technique. And people often underestimate uh, good technique, I think sometimes because if if you move. Sort of, if I'm at a distance from the microphone, there you're you're losing a lot of the. Yes, I, I know lot, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't get that great quality. Or if I just do that like that, which some actors do, um, yeah, when they're saying, "Getting close, it's behind close. you." Is he really? <laughs> oh no! Don't do it! Oh, no! Yeah, that's the thing that we uh, mostly also um, that's what we mostly stop for in recordings to tell people to speak into the microphone. Otherwise, they just uh, do this kind of thing. Um, they turn around to speak to an actor rather than speaking to the microphone. I always say to them, imagine that the only way the other actor can hear you is if you speak into the microphone. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, also people's vocal qualities are very different. There are some people who it doesn't matter where they stand, their voice has so many frequencies in it they find their way into the microphone other people have a much even though they may have great voices and be great actors they have a much narrower range just by a fluke of frequencies in their voice and so it becomes very important exactly where they are because if they're slightly off it suddenly sounds you know it doesn't go you know but other people as i say that as long as they're within a mile of the microphone it feels like you get a great recording we just go wow how are they doing that some, you know it's like are, sorcery yeah. And talking of sorcery, Audio Sorcery is one of our studios where we record mostly Tom Baker, although we do some Sherlock Holmes and Blake Seven and stuff there. All sorts of things, actually. I mean, they have different sorts of microphones, and so does the Soundhouse that we use, and so does um, Ladbrook Audio as well. They all have different styles of microphones and different mixes, and yet we do manage to get a sort of uniformity of quality. And as I say, uh, there's one other factor, is that if you're certainly if you're listening to a digital download the um uh mp3s and audiobook formats we use they they are slightly higher resolution than other digital downloads from other companies that they tend to be that typically what you'll get say on audible.com is is a lower uh, res um if that's the right term mp3 we we go for 256 i think isn't it yeah is right? and they tend to be lower than that and so there's there is slightly less clarity as well. So there are, I mean, the answer to that, Rowan, is there are loads of different factors in place. But the main thing to say is thank you for being so nice about it. Absolutely. And 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 I think if I can, if I can say one tip for you, uh, if you're interested in audio stuff, is don't, don't always look at the, uh, don't always look at the gear and for what it is and the name of what it is and think oh that's a really good microphone because often you can you can get the best microphone the best guitar amps in the world the best drum kit in the world but it's all about the the technique and the way you approach it and and what and the amount of time you put into everything else that goes with it creativity so, absolutely you know absolutely this the microphone Talent. i've got here is a is a really mid-range like it's not at all a high-end one but I, rec- I would recommend it's the SE1000 I would recommend it to anybody because it's a great great microphone and I've got an AKG C1000 this is like an advert now isn't it and, and this is actually a microphone for percussion we had uh, this conversation I've, last yeah, week didn't we actually but I've, but I've uh, luckily not on the uh, podcast um, but yeah uh, uh, I would recommend that as well 
It was Alistair Locke who introduced me to these. He used to, in the early days of Big Finish, he used to use these to record plays with him when he would supply his own microphones. Anyway, must get on. We mustn't get too bogged down in technical details for those of you who have zoned out and for whom it all sounds like... <laughs> Next up, this from Chris Parry. Hello, Chris. Uh, greetings, Nick and Benji. I'd just like to thank you and everyone at Big Finish for the incredible work you all do to bring us some stories from across the Doctor Who universe and beyond. I love the attention you pay to making the stories authentic to their respective eras, as well as the incredible music, artwork and sound design. I particularly enjoy the behind-the-scenes photography and writer's notes included with some of your box sets and was wondering whether there's any way in which these could be included with the Big Finish app for those who buy downloads only. Maybe you could include a tab for behind-the-scenes content. Thank you again for brightening up many days with the podcasts and releases. Buck up! Chris in Nottingham. Well, Chris in Nottingham. Uh, I think it's a great idea. We have been talking with our app developer about this very thing, about behind-the-scenes content. And there certainly is... I don't know whether it's happened yet, but there, uh, we are going to have you know the bonus content uh, you'll be able to access but yes um, yeah the writer's notes and stuff that's i'm sure that'd be quite easy to do mm, okay there you go hope that helps we 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 agree with you and we'll do it as soon as possible there Which we may go not be that soon <laughs> there we go well, it's always good. You see, no. see the, pa- the power of an email there you can email in and people's the cogs of the cogs of people's minds are already whirring the cogs of my mind oh yes what is a clog <laughs> a clog of your mind oh yes why are Not shoes shoes of the mind yes 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 <laughs> yes well met. Uh, so yes, now then, uh, a reminder of the great cheese debate of 2017 with Max Brooks. <laughs> Max says here, I used to live in Japan in a dormitory with lots of other foreign exchange students. The following conversation was heard between a French and an American friend who were planning on making toca- tacos for <laughs> dinner. I said that so English, didn't I? Tacos. To- yeah, tacos. Well, so incorrectly, I would so, say. I know. Taco. 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 I, I had a taco last night. This sounds like, I don't know what it sounds It sounds like an ice cream, a taco, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. No, it's a taco. Uh, so the American friend here says, I think I'll go get some cheese tonight as well. And the French friend said, Don't call it that. Uh, I don't know what is here, but it isn't cheese. Do not call it cheese. Don't know what that accent was. But, uh, I thought, is he going to go for the accents? Oh, dear, he's gone for them. <laughs> have to do it. Well, why not? You know, you only live once. and Yeah, that's true. You might as well offend everyone while you're at it. Well, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, no offence needed. Just laugh at me, not no, laugh at, at me, not with me, or rather. But yes, uh, Max there says that he felt he could contribute to the cheese discourse. I don't know. I mean, I love cheese. Love a mature cheddar. Me always up for yeah, a mature well, cheddar. Yeah, well, we said this. You know, this is why this all started. He's got a PS there as well. Yeah, he's got a PS there. PS, they're not wrong. Cheese in Japan is just the blandest, most tasteless thing ever. And has an utterly bizarre texture. Well, also, did I mention the cheese in Fuerteventura? They really uh, uh, pride themselves on how mild it is. That's like saying how bad it is. You know, really, like, well, our cheese is really bad. You're, <laughs> you know, the worst cheese ever. They're really pleased about it. But it's, of course, it's down to taste. I like it. But sure. I think it, I, it's funny that the French person didn't like the Japanese 
cheese for being so bland because all this came up because i was complaining that at the um sound house they always oh, served yes. up french cheese which loads of people love of course loads of people in the uk as well as in france and the rest of the world but you know i just to me french cheese is just it's not flavorless but there's not much it's just a hint of flavor and then most of it's the wax which I'm, I'm never sure whether you should eat or not, which you can, I think. But it I just wouldn't seems like personally. Uh, I don't eat candles, you know, and that's sort of what it tastes like. I, I think <laughs> controversial. Yes, I think. Well, I had a I had vegan cheese the other day. My friends were there going like because they've all gone vegan, and they said, mm. "Oh, I just you know this tastes just like cheese. You'd never know." I taste it. I was, and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't cheese. It tasted well. It's bound to be different, isn't it? Yeah. What's it made of? Soya. I didn't quite know what it. I, I didn't. Because uh, if you're quite vegan, nutty, you can't actually. have anything that originates from an animal. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, including dairy and yeah. In fairness to the vegan cheese, it wasn't bad. Like, like it was actually all right. Like, like I could have it in a in a sandwich and and probably be reasonably happy. Uh, you know, cheese is a complex. As long as you cover it in mayonnaise, oh, hold on, that wouldn't be vegan. <laughs> would it? Uh, cover uh, it in this stuff, drench it in it. I do think veganism is just controversially. I think it's a good idea. You know, oh, well, I, you I, know I, I sort of, uh, I will go, uh, I will happily do a vegan option. Um, and uh, and you may have noticed that I've lost quite a bit of weight, and it's because I'm eating far less meat, and meat is so fatty, uh, and and. Uh, you know, it's because my wife's a vegetarian who leans towards veganism but can't quite give up cheese. Although, yeah, she's she is sort of, I don't know whether maybe she has become a vegan. We, you know, being married, we hardly ever talk about these things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, I, I have no problem with it. I always feel better afterwards when I've had oh, vegan definitely. or vegetarian food. I mean, you know, meat always has a sort of. I don't want to go into these details, but, you know, it, yeah, when you get to a certain age, it has an effect on you. you know. That's true. I, mean, I, I was out the other day. I had oat milk uh, coffee. Oh, yes. I saw you tweeting and about oat was, milk. Oh, it was so nice. It was, was it? It was really nice. Yeah, it was like it It, it gave the, the coffee quite a nice texture. And I had that and then was I had it a... oaty? Oh, oaty yes. coffee. Yes. Oat not. Uh, <laughs> oat of nice oat not. Uh, there. But yeah, I had a vegan wrap. That was very good. I, d- I didn't sit there and go, so I don't like meat. <laughs> oh, dare I was pr- thinking of you wearing a wrap as well. You know. <laughs> yeah, I wrapped myself up in a nice vegan wrap and, and sort of <laughs> just sat there with me oat milk. No, there we go then. So that was our that was our weekly uh, health uh, talk with Nick and Benji. As we apparently advise people on their diets now. Yeah. There don't we, listen to any of it. Yeah, don't. Please, we're not, we're not qualified nutritionists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you make a very persuasive point. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, uh, unfortunately, the end of the emails this week. Probably a good thing because if we'd have carried on, we probably would have <laughs> we would advise you of all sorts of strange dietary requirements. Yes, next week, bunions. <clears throat> uh, just a reminder that our competition to win a copy of the Churchill Years Volume 2 is still running. The closing date is the 2nd of March this year, obviously, 2018. And the question is, what does Churchill call the Daleks in Victory of the Daleks? Please send your answer and your name and postal address to podcast at bigfinish.com uh, if you want to be in with a chance to win. The best of luck to you all. Vidi well, my good friends, vidi well. Yes, uh, so there we have it. Emails are over. Competition is there. Don't forget. And the emails will be here for you next week. So without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to wrap them up. 
turn them into a paper aeroplane, shoot them out the window, and who knows, maybe you will be hit in the face by an email in the week. A vegan email. A V-mail. <laughs> oh, dear. Time now for my little chat with my Dr. Watson from the Big Finish Sherlock Holmes range, the lovely, lovely actor Richard Earl, who, it has to be said, isn't the easiest of men to interview. Hello, Richard Earl, and welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Hello, Nick Briggs. And you are Dr. Watson in our Sherlock Holmes series. Yes, I am, but I wish I was Blake Ripson. <laughs> that's not a character, that's a real human being. It's more than a real human being. <laughs> it's, a, it's a concept. Blake is a, he's a dream. He is, yes. It's We've wonderful. dreamt him. Um, now, he's one of those people that when he walks into the room, everybody smiles. It's true. But yeah, for those nice listening guy. to this, uh, we, we've just been recording a Sherlock Holmes adventure with Blake Ritson. Uh, because, of course, Richard, that will be completely out of context when people listen to this interview. So I thought I'd better explain. Uh, yeah. How well, long have we been doing Sherlock Holmes for Big Finish? Five minutes. <laughs> and we're getting very good. <laughs> um, oh. Years. Well, um, five, six years? Yeah. So when, when did we yeah. first meet? It's more than five and six years. But anyway, when did we first meet? We first met in Ladbroke Grove, in the in the studios at Ladbroke Grove. And moat, yeah. it was, you came in to keep an eye on things. Barnaby Edwards was directing Exatron. Oh, goodness, yeah. That was my first ever job. A doctor who won. Was it, who was the doctor? Was it Peter Davison? Peter Davison, yeah. Yeah. It was wow. either then yeah. or then my next big finish job, which was uh, Bride of Peladon. No, it was Exatron, I remember. Okay. Well, you were playing guards and things, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And you'd met Barnaby through doing Panto with him, is that doing right? Doing Panto, yes. Uh, pa- uh, Barnaby was Ping and I was Pong. <laughs> we were comedy Chinese, I use the word comedy loosely, uh, comedy Chinese policemen. Yeah, and I still to this day remember we the two of us we had to sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and every night the uh, the MD Jimmy Jewell would always try and play it quicker and quicker, <sighs> and I remember once supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I remember what, we had to do this little dance thing facing out front, and Barn um, and at one point we were we were sort of meant to do do each other. You know, sort of go around each other. Mm-hmm. But Barney went early, not for the first time, <laughs> and he sidoed around me. Uh, meanwhile, looking at me and thinking, "A, why aren't you moving, Richard?" Secondly, thinking, "Oh no, I've moved too early." <laughs> but then, thirdly, brilliantly, um, d- just styling it out, <laughs> he was superb, and he imagine. made he made it much better than it than it w- was otherwise. And I st- I still remember that. Yeah, oh. it was brilliant. What's tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? This, uh, doing Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Not all... this interview? Well, sometimes this interview. In, in bits, this interview. It depends which, which molecules bits? are available <laughs> at, at which time. Um, uh, but yes, I'm, uh, uh, w- th- because, yep. uh, because yep. we are recording, today we've been recording with yes. the lovely Blake Ripson a Christmas 
uh, Sherlock Holmes adventure. Yes. And I know that in the past, because I've been uh, sort of on tour or, or doing panto and things, and we've not been able to do them in the past, have we? Because you've been trying to do a, a Christmas, a Christmas yeah, yeah. Holmes for a while. Mm-hmm. I think because it lends itself, doesn't it? Holmes. Victorian London always lends itself to. Yes, in Christmas. that romantic view we have of it. Yeah, Christmas adaptation. Entirely inaccurate. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying that and looking forward to next week mm-hmm. when we go in for another The master epic. of Blackstone Grain. Yeah, yeah, another epic, brilliant Jonathan Barnes uh, rip-off of Conan Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, brilliant. Uh, reimagining, brilliant reimagining, interpretation, celebration. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. A, a celebration of Conan Doyle. Yeah, it's wonderful. What's tingling your molecules about entertainment in general? Well, now, <laughs> I, I'm not up with the kids uh, when it comes to television. I'm very, very behind on things like that. Um, uh, We're not going to judge you. Just tell us what you like. No, well, it, well, it's hard for me because... Is it Coronation um, Street? No, 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 no. It's, it's because there's so much um, stuff that my girlfriend... Is it a question of sport? No, no, no. But there's so much stuff that my girlfriend and I, we have to try and uh, catch up on. Is it the weather forecast? That's on the... No, no, no. Well, sometimes. (laughs) That's on our TV planner. Um, That we we don't so much enjoy television as as endure it, by which I mean (laughs) that we're forever running out of space on our on our planner so we we don't have time to enjoy programs we just have to get them watched right right it's a so chore. that it's a chore. so that we've got space to record more programs but it unless it will be a chore to watch yeah but uh, luckily i i'm uh, unemployed a lot now so i get time to watch a lot of telly but because my girlfriend has a life she doesn't have time to watch her stuff, which means that we get clogged up. So I could tell you what's on the planner that I'm waiting for uh, for B to enjoy. So we've got uh, Educating Greater Manchester. Uh, there's a lot of that on at the moment that, that I'm waiting for B to watch. Uh, Bake Off. She's a big Bake Off fan, so there's a lot of those to watch. Um, I've got a suggestion to enhance your relationship. Yeah. While she's at work and you're at home doing yeah. nothing, yeah. you could just watch all her programmes and when she gets home, tell her all about them and how they end up. I'd like to do that, Nick, but you know and I know how bad I am at performing. So I, there's just no way I could ever bring home the magic of what she's missed. No. So, so it's difficult. Uh, and in fact, listening to you asking Blake about... Um, you know what he's been watching, and he was so eloquent. And I thought, wow, I can't, I can't just tell Nick that I just watched the planner because I do. I just sort of watch the planner, and That's I the tried... thing on the screen with all the lists of titles, is it? Yeah, that that is the list of programs that are coming up and programs that you've recorded, and then it tells you how much space you've got left to record more. You know, it's a bit like a hard hard drive and it tells you you've only got six percent left and then you have to try and work out whether the next program you're going to record will take up you know will it take up one percent one point six percent and how much time and at what point the the hard drive just just walks out and says i've had enough yeah yeah. i'm full okay once you've got time to actually treat me with the respect i deserve then i'll come back and, and we can talk 
you know, so all right. So I'm I just you're getting watch, quite stressed. And I, I and I and I just look at the plan and all down. the things that we've got to calm watch. And I just, I just, I just, right. Richard, and I think, oh, it's fine. Television, it's fine. It, because it has got good. I, I I agree with Blair. It's got so good. Now. But the you're talking to a man blowing. who hasn't even seen The Wire. Well, I haven't seen The Wire either. And I, I can and see I, one here. And it's I, just in front of me. And, a Wire. And the thing, ah, I tell you what, I what I do enjoy. Walter presents. Uh, on Channel 4. Which oh, I've he heard fi- about yes, that. I've seen, he yes. finds very good um, uh, international sort yeah, of drama. Subtitled. Yeah, and brings them to Channel 4, I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's, and then you watch the rest of them on More 4. Yeah. But, of course, you know, we record the, we, we record the first one, and that's on Channel 4, and then it sits on the planner, and it just takes up room <laughs> on the planner. And then you think, well, thank heavens they haven't showed all the rest of them because then there would be even more yeah. stuff on. You've got to just get. You've got to spend a weekend watching some television. I know get who it, get you are. I know who you are, which is on What's BBC that? Four recently. But What's that's that? ten parts. What's that? I know who you are. Part, it's called I know who you are. It's what a Spanish it? drama. All I know is that it starts with a chap who's lost his memory. I think he's in a car accident, something like that, and he's lost his memory. He's got no idea who he is, or. Does he know who he is? That's all I know about it. But there are ten of them, ten episodes of this thing sitting on our planner, and I've okay. no idea. Have we I've heard no enough idea. about the planner? I yeah. think. <laughs> what's um, What's your guilty entertainment secret? The one I can tell you about yeah. is I now I now I know that few people can speak more eloquently about sport than you, <laughs> but. I do enjoy, uh, well, I, I, I enjoy um, team games in particular, keep it clean. And at uh, the moment, I'm very much getting into um, American football. So the NFL show, the National Football League show, yeah, you should be guilty. which is all about, all about American football, I, I do you enjoy that. You should be thoroughly I, I ashamed think, of yourself. I think the three chaps that, that, that present it, Mark Chapman and um, Osio Miniora and Jason Bell, they're, they're, they're a wonderful sort of blokish... Um, there's a wonderful okay. three-way bromance going on there that's very funny and they're very good at explaining to idiots like me the the the, rudy, the rudiments of American football. Well, Richard Earl, secret closet sports fan, it's out there now. Thanks, mate. What a delight, as always. Not at all. And uh, when, you've got, when you've got time, come round and I'll show you my planner <laughs> and just how full it is. No! And there he goes until the next time. And the Blake Ritson he mentions, you may know from such things as Upstairs, Downstairs and uh, Da Vinci's Demons. Uh, we're very pleased that he often works for us. And he was in the Fleet Street Transparency episode of Sherlock Holmes we released over Christmas and which forms part of the box set release of Sherlock Holmes, The Master of Blackstone Grange. Uh, Blake will be our guest star next week. And we'll also be giving you a 15-minute drama tease of the Master of Blackstone Grange. Oh, here's a trailer for it, by the way, a brand new trailer. Holmes? Holmes, stay yourself. We have a case. Once you are ready, pray tell me your tale. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Sherlock Holmes, the Master of Blackstone Grange. One evening, when I was hurrying home, I happened to pass by a flower cellar. You want to buy some flowers? 
for your wife or for your sweetheart. And so, with this blushing young flower seller, you fell hopelessly in love? I did, sir. Remarkable, isn't it? Mr. Holmes, sir, my wife has disappeared. When did it happen? Five days ago. Now, when Jim Sheedy first came to this little town of ours, he arrived from England without capital and without means. With his discovery in the desert, Honest Jim's made us all rich. Before I came here tonight, I was given some news. Out in the desert, it seemed that there's been a problem. Someone's gone out. If they find someone to listen, would have quite a pretty tale to tell. My dear Watson, will you accompany me in the morning? And will you give me your word that you will investigate the disappearance of the barber's wife? Yes, yes, yes. The answer to every one of your questions is yes. Very well. Here you are, Mr. Holmes. Ah, oh, thank you. Must be something important, sir. I am to be the bearer of news which shall cause my brother no small amount of anguish. Genevieve? Genevieve, what's happened? There's a face at the windows. Watson, come with me. We must investigate at once. There you are, my darling. Don't call me that. You've got 20 seconds to remove yourself from my sight, as I'll make sure you don't walk for a week. Big finish. We love stories. Meanwhile, it's now time for us to activate the Randomoid Selectatron. That's Ooh. right. Cue that epic music. No, where are we? What are we doing? So, uh, We're yes. in Hannah route. Newman's Randomoid Selectatron website is now That's working it. its magic for us. And here we go. It's number five. The Well-Mannered War. Brackets. Oh. Standard edition. There the we well go. It's quite a, quite a funky one here. Uh, Tell us about uh, it, Benji. It's, well, it's a novel adaptation. The infamous uh, Missing <laughs> Adventures novel there by writer Gareth Roberts. So I'll give you a little bit on it. So it says here on the website, The edges of space, the far distant future, an era where the Time Lords are not supposed to visit. Hold on, let me just zoom in the font here because I'm getting old. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's a sign, oh, isn't what it? What does it say? Oh, what does it say here? What is that? How, where's that? Window, zoom, there we go. I can't believe I've actually... Do what on earth has it done? I can't believe I'm actually... Never mind, I'm just going to have to go. Laid claim to by disputing factions <laughs> of humans and Shalonians. The planet Barklow has become the catalyst for an unusual war. In 200 years of hostilities, not a shot has been fired and the opposing combatants are the best of friends. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I won't read the rest of it. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Well-Mannered War. What a dull landscape. Grey rock, grey sky, grey puddle. How would you sum it up, Romana? I'd call it grey. Admiral Dawn, sir. At ease, Captain Vidius. The attack on the enemy craft went well, sir. Uh, not too well, I hope. Greetings, Premier Armok. I am K-9. I claim my constitutional rights. I will stand as your opponent in the coming election. Raise your appendages! Your upper appendages. Sorry. You are the prisoner of the Chernobyl 70th column. Imminent attack! Transmit missile approaching. Danger! Danger! Probably another near miss, most likely.
we recommend a vigorous program of disinformation, scandal-mongering, and general besmirching of the opposition. Well, we can't possibly be near the time. Oh, Romana, it's a time spiral. I know. Did you attach that gizmo? Yes. I don't know if you've noticed, but it appears not to be working. I'm armed. See? I'm a pacifist, but I won't flinch from necessary violence. If the bourgeoisie are to be dislodged, it's the only way. You know, sometimes I think the universe is just out to get me. Now, where did I put that white flag? Big finish. We love stories. So it's got a couple of Troutons in it, this has. This has. Always like to see a Trouton there. It's uh, got Michael and David. Lovely chaps. And we've also got the original, obviously, the original uh, TARDIS crew there of Tom Baker, Lala Ward and John Leeson. Uh, let's have a look. Ooh, uh, Tim McInerney, brilliant. John Jane, Glover, the voice. Yes. Jane Slaven. Of course, of course. Yeah, lovely. Legendary John Banks there. Legendary in that he doesn't really exist. Yes. He doesn't exist. No, he's actually... He only exists in legend. He exists in the fabrications of your mind. <laughs> But yes, though no, this is a uh, is is a popular one, especially at conventions. I find that people is often it? like yeah, people often like buying this one and uh, always have good things to say about it, and then offer the the hilarious question afterwards of, are you planning on doing any more novel adaptations? <laughs> and we all, we all have to go. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> as we've said five million times, no. But it always um, seems to be a good one at, at conventions, and so it's, it's worth a shot. You know, I, I don't think you can really go wrong with it with a lineup like this, especially with that cast. So I, I would personally uh, give it a go. Yeah, and written by the prodigiously talented Gareth Roberts, well, from the book by him, uh, and the adaptation was done by uh, John Dorney. Uh, John Dorney, yes, he did. He also um, uh, adapted the English Way of Death, which was another one by Gareth that I directed. This one's directed by Ken Bentley, so I know very little of it personally. Uh, it was one of the original Missing Adventures, wasn't it? That's it right. was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thoroughly recommended. A rip-roaring adventure. Absolutely. Nice. Definitely worth uh, dipping into there. So, yeah, there we have it. So, The Well-Mannered War. But yes, there we have it there. So, Ran, the Randomoid Selectatron, being fantastic as always. Ran, you have earned yourself another week's holiday to do whatever you wish. Go forth and have fun. And so, as the podcast descends from a great height, only to disappear down a wormhole into a dimension of worms. <laughs> like that. Good not. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Uh, here is Nick uh, with his roundup of what's new for you to tingle your earpods with. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. noise you made. When well, you say well, worms, imagine, you don't you know, expect anyone to go. Yeah. Well, you know, I can imagine this little worm going. You know, just like, mm. just like spiders. A fendaline. Spiders have a sort of, you know. Oh, sort of don't do Oh, I saw an episode of The Orville recently. That had, have you seen The Orville? I've not. I've not. Right. Everybody tells me to. But. It's great. Yeah, there was a big spider in that. Anyway, out right now and available for you all to thrill to. The Martian Invasion of Earth, my audio dramatisation of The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, starring Richard Armitage, or Armitage if you're Benji Clifford, and Lucy Briggs-Owen. <laughs> Getting great reviews, thank goodness. Uh, Torchwood, Aliens Among Us, Part 3. OMG action from John Barrowman, Tracy Anoverman, Eve Mars. Great stuff going down a storm. Ghost Walk, Peter Davison and Fifth Doctor Chiller by uh, James Goss. Don't miss it. 
and don't miss being scared half to death churchill years volume two ian mcneese's churchill and neve mcintosh as madame vastra why not vienna retribution chase masterson as a deadly assassin <laughs> see what i did there uh, we interviewed her and previewed this production in the last podcast which is out there as well the podcast i mean available for free from our bigfinish.com site or our big finish app which is free from the app store for ios and android devices just went into a little advertisement there <laughs> da, 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 which is obviously the music we put on an advert uh, also free <laughs> by the way is the oncoming storm from volume one of the churchill years yeah just saying and that's your lot for this week there we go thank you nick any moment now we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Gallifrey Time War I can't wait but before that let's do the trailer for this podcast originally released on the 25th of February 2018 and presented by me, Nick Briggs, and me, Mr. Benji Clifford. Oh, oh yes. Yes, yes. Shall we, shall we? <laughs> Let's just start it off as, as we mean to continue. <laughs> yes, lots going on here in this podcast. Don't miss out as we have an interview with Dr. Watson himself, Richard Earl. Yes, and uh, there's plenty of exciting news, including an exclusive prisoner theme done on the mouth trumpet uh also <laughs> mel Evelant, a new uh, short trips release and gallifrey time war and also a lovely thing about the big finish originals jeremiah born in time and as well as that there'll be the usual fixtures there of madness and tomfoolery as we talk microphones cheese and and all <laughs> sorts of uh, wonderful and slightly off the wall chatter and there's a 15-minute drama tease of Gallifrey Time War. What more could you want? Absolutely. Nick, what's the what's the trailer rating this week? That was um, a fair to middling trailer for yeah, yeah, a yeah. splendid podcast. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we're quite happy with that. And there you have it. Time now to join Derek Jacobi, Lala Ward, Louise Jameson, and many more delights in the first 15 minutes of Gallifrey Time War. Deputy Coordinator. I don't think I'll ever get used to being called that. Yes, Agent Carla, what is it? Uh, the security drone that went offline. Yes. We've re-established contact. That's excellent news. Coordinator Romana will be pleased. But that's not all, sir. Go on. It seems to have drifted off course, ended up flying over the Loon Forest. Grief. It really did take the scenic route. That must be about a thousand clicks from where we lost it. More like two thousand, sir. All the same. And it sent back a series of images. Of what? We... We believe it may be a facility of some sort. In the Loon Forest? No. No, there must be some mistake. Perhaps its coordination circuits malfunctioned? Uh, no, sir. We triangulated its location. The images were definitely taken over the forest. Show me. Here. What is that? No idea, sir. I have to speak to Romana. She needs to see this. And where's Leela? At a meeting, sir. A meeting? with the War Council.
We've finished updating the list of planets which need special protection. The natives cannot defend themselves. Ganesha, Bordral and Earth have all been added. I shall inform the deputy coordinator. Has there been much progress with the quantum shields? Half of them have been activated. That's good. I only hope we will never need them. Me too, Leela, me too. General Trave. Speaking. You've been uh, summoned to the President's office, sir. They say it's urgent. Tell them I'll be there right away. This is the War Council's doing, I know it. Can you be sure of that? It must be. A secret facility, kept secret from the agency. Precisely the sort of thing we ought to know about. It may be a very logical and boring explanation. Bureaucratic oversight, or someone simply forgot to file a report. <sighs> I wish I could believe that, Narvin. But ever since it was established, the War Council has been doing its damnedest to operate behind closed doors. I sometimes think they're as eager for all-out war as the Daleks. Oh, come now. That's a little unfair. The Daleks? And if Livia knew about this... Romana, as your deputy and your friend, I'd advise against starting another feud with the Lady President. Especially if you want her on your side. I just wish it didn't feel so... so inevitable. What? The war. I wish it felt as if there was some other option. Any other option. The Daleks have left us with none. But we've avoided it for so long. There were skirmishes, yes, but not this. It has been coming for a long time, though. We've all known for as long as anyone cares to remember. Like a collective premonition. Something we felt in our bones, generation to generation. The question isn't whether or not there will be a war, but when... And how it's triggered. Yeah, very true, unfortunately. <sighs> All right. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how sincere does this smile look? I give it a seven. Uh, good enough. Coordinator and Deputy Coordinator. Madam President. Please, sit. I hope you don't mind my asking General Trave to join us. Of course not. Actually, I'm glad he's here. As am I, Romana, Narvin. So, how can I help you? Your message sounded rather urgent. One of our security drones has picked up images of a facility hidden deep within the Loon Forest. What was it doing there? I'm sorry? Your drone. It was my understanding that they're programmed only to pass over heavily populated areas. It malfunctioned. Drifted about 2,000 clicks off course. When we eventually re-established contact, sent through the images. I see. General Trave, we've checked all of our files and we have no record of any facility in that area. You won't have. Can I assume it was erected by the War Council? I'm not at liberty to divulge that information, Coordinator. Madam President, this is absurd. The agency has every right to know if there is a secret War Council facility here on Gallifrey. But if you knew of it, it wouldn't be a secret, would it? Don't be facetious, General. Uh, perhaps we should all take a moment to calm down. Yes? I thought the Agency and the War Council were on the same side. We are. Then how can you justify withholding vital information? Madam President! Romana Narvin, the Daleks are mobilising for war. Ever since their annexation of Monan, each agency and council here on Gallifrey has had to step up its operations. You know this. 
Now, cooperation is one thing, but I can't have them all interfering with one another. This isn't a question of interference. It's a question of trust. She does have a point, General. Perhaps we can come to a compromise. General Trave, I'd like you to share the location of each War Council facility with Coordinator Romana. Each? You mean there's more than one? Madam President, I must object. Objection noted. But... The location and purpose. Thank you, Madam President. And Romana, you must alert the General whenever one of your drones malfunctions. While your agents have my full confidence, the location of those facilities must remain on a need-to-know basis. Agreed? <sighs> Agreed. Narvin? Of course. Then you are dismissed. Well, that includes you, General. Yes, ma'am. Can you believe that? Multiple facilities, and this is the first we hear of them. Coordinator. General. You know, I really wish the two of you had contacted me first about all this. Why might that be? Well, involving the President at a time like this, especially so soon after her assassination and regeneration, she's got enough on her plate, don't you think? We all have, General. Well, exactly. Which is why finding out about this was the last thing I needed to be dealing with today. If I'd thought there was a pressing need for you to they know... They are a part of our preparations for war, are they not? Yes. So the need was pressing from the start. You should have informed Leela long before these facilities were even built. That is why we seconded her to the War Council as our liaison. And there was me thinking it's because she's handy with a staser. Apologies. Look, come to the War Council. I'll give you a guided tour and all the information you need, personally. Very well. Excellent. You realise, of course, if this current situation escalates... If? When this situation escalates, it'll be vital that our two organisations work together. Agreed. Then I'll look forward to your visit, Coordinator, Deputy Coordinator. General. The nerve of the man! I thought he sounded rather cordial. Uh, a little too cordial, if you ask me. Meaning? Well, even when the President orders him to disclose everything, does he seem like the sort of person who would follow that order to the letter? Perhaps not. We need to know what else the War Council has up its sleeves. Involve Leela, if necessary. Leela? But She's the only person we can trust. And as our liaison to the War Council, she'd be breaking about a dozen laws if she sent back classified information. I know that, Narvin. Well, that's a conversation I shall look forward to. She'll understand. You say that. The last time I asked her to go on a dangerous errand, she pinned me against the wall with my own chair. Yes, but there are bigger things at stake here, Narvin. Than abiding by the law, you mean? If necessary, yes. Progress report, someone, please. Agent Carla, what's happened? You mean you haven't heard? We were in a meeting with the President. It's Fidon, ma'am. We've lost all contact. Oh, that isn't good. What is it, Narvin? What's wrong? Here. A communication from Fidon Intelligence, three days ago. Their scout spotted a Dalek vessel on the edge of the system. Let me see. 
We believe it may be a hulk, a wreck left over from the last war. No signs of life, but it is drifting on a course that will soon cross paths with Fido. And this was three days ago? That's right. We haven't heard from them since. Why wasn't I informed? I didn't think there was any need. If the ship had been inhabited, the Warprights would have contacted us. And what if they didn't have the opportunity? You don't think... One of the oldest tricks in the book. Make a vessel appear deserted, allow it to drift into enemy space, and then, just as the enemy's about to board the ship... Surprise attack. uh, We need to alert the President and the War Council. Time Lords of Gallifrey, it is my sad duty to report that we have lost all contact with one of our closest allies among the temporal powers, the Warprites of Phaedon. It seems that a vessel resembling a Dalek battleship was sighted on the edge of the Phaedonian system only three days ago. In addition to this, we've received reports that two Phaedonian warpships are attempting to make the leap from their system to our own and could be in orbit of Gallifrey within the next four hours. What if it's a Dalek trap? Both the War Council and Celestial Intervention Agency are now on high alert and are doing everything in their power to ensure our defences remain secure. May the wisdom of Rassilon guide us in this time of uncertainty. Thank you. Coordinator. General. Welcome to the War Council. Have you ever been here before? No, this is my first time. Impressive, isn't it? That may be one word for it, yes. Can you believe it took less than three cycles to build all this? While our own headquarters grow ever more threadbare. Terrible news about Phaidon. Yes, though it is still too early for us to come to any conclusions. I imagine there were many Warprites saying the same thing right up until that Dalek ship was on their doorstep. Follow me. I'll take you to the briefing room and we can go over those coordinates. Well, that is quite a view. Isn't it? If I had my way, this would have been my office. Though, I suppose it is a little ostentatious. I, I don't suppose there's anything at the agency quite like this. No, there isn't. Like a fortress, if I remember rightly. Not many windows. That's right. Just how you like it. I'm sorry? Well, accusing the War Council of secrecy. Rather ironic, don't you think? Few organisations are as secretive as the CIA. (laughs) Really? Romana, I'm not looking for an argument. Oh, you could have fooled me. Look, I I like you, Romana. Really, I, I think in many ways we're very similar. Is that so? We may come at a problem from different angles, but you said it yourself. We're on the same side, and we're both realists. The President, with all due respect, is an idealist. If she thought she'd survive the meeting, she'd invite the Daleks around for a cup of tea and a nice chat. (laughs) But you're not here to gossip about the President. The coordinates. Yes, please. Of course. So, this is Gallifrey. I'd gathered. And these... The War Council's development facilities? Six of them. That's right. Which you kept a secret from us. Please, let's not go over old ground. So what is each facility for, exactly? 
This one, one you identified in the Loon Forest, uh, is dedicated to weapons research. Uh, these are uh, TARDIS plantations. We have, as you know, a shortage of functioning battle TARDISes, and those we do have are hopelessly outdated. These facilities are speed-growing the next generation, so they'll be ready for warfare. And these two, they process data receiving from our deep-time telescopes. We're talking billions of years' worth of information, analysed and interpreted every nanosecond. And that's it. Hmm. And there are no other facilities you have tucked away. Perhaps some sort of enormous laser buried beneath the Meridian Mountains. An army of gigantic battle droids resting on the bed of Lake Abydos? <laughs> Romana, what do you take me for? This is the War Council offering the Agency an olive branch. These are all of our facilities. In the unlikely event that we would build a new one, you will be the first to know. Here. Data record of each facility, location, number of personnel, full schematics of every building, everything. It's yours. Thank you. So, as I believe the humans say, quid pro quo. Quid pro quo? Means I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I know what it means. And Fiden, what happened to it? We're still trying to establish contact. I see. Of course, if the Daleks really have attacked, you know what that means. Yes, General. Sadly, I do. So the only meaningful thing we can do now is ready ourselves for the worst. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. <laughs> the worms are coming from no! the worm dimension. No, worm! No! <laughs> He's just attacked his microphone. Benji will return next week with a new microphone. <laughs>